0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Tales from the Fog. I am your host, Casey, and with me as always is the amazing Veronica. How are you doing today?
1: Fabulous, as always.
0: Awesome. And this week we have another guest with us. Um, You know him from ThemeParkAdventure.com and one of the co-creators of Midsummer Scream, uh, Mr. Rick West. How are you doing, Rick?
2: Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on tonight.
1: Thank you for being for being with us. I mean, this is it's been a long time coming and I know that I mean there's so much to talk about, but I just first I just want to say thank you. It's it's actually a really huge honor to have you on our podcast. So thanks, dude.
2: Well, I, I appreciate it, and it's cool for me because I've been listening to you guys for a while and so uh, it's it's just weird because after months of listening to you guys as I drive, you know, to and from work and all that it's it's and you know I've, I've seen you guys in person it's just weird that this is the first time that I've been on the show but but here I am so we're gonna make up for all of that lost time right yeah. now
1: excellent yeah and it's not that we didn't want to it's we both like all of us have such complicated schedules that like we finally made it happen and it's fabulous
2: so that's awesome why well, I, yeah. I know that we had we talked a little while ago about doing this but we were just starting to release information for midsummer 17 mm-hmm. and uh you know we we decided we would wait a little bit longer so that we had uh oodles of stuff to discuss
0: <laughs> and now i actually have your website open because there's so much stuff i can't even remember what you guys have announced
2: <laughs> that's a good thing yes yeah.
0: um so for those that Don't know, since we have a lot of listeners not from California, what is Midsummer Scream?
2: Midsummer Scream is a large-scale Halloween and horror convention, and it is held uh, every summer, the last weekend in July, at the Long Beach Convention Center. And uh, it's basically, for for layman's terms, the best way to sum it up in the elevator speech is it is the Comic-Con of Halloween, is how it's been described.
1: That
0: sounds about right.
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good description.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: so for people that have never been, um, what can they expect to do while they're there? What's, what's going, what kind of, um, what will guests get out of their experience?
2: Um, anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, they're 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 going to find if they are Halloween fans and or horror fans, and that usually goes hand in hand. Yeah. Um, they're going to find that this is the show that they have always dreamed about going to. Um, we have a massive show floor that's over ninety thousand square feet. We have uh, close to two hundred and fifty vendors, I believe, this year, and that uh, is everything from people that make jewelry. To clothing, to artwork, and everything else you can imagine. Professional, you know, masks. It's, it's like the shopper's paradise for the macabre. Um, then we also have world-class presentations. We have, we have two, you know, main stage presentation areas. One is the Terrace Theater this year. That, that holds our big, big presentations. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But that is uh, part of the Long Beach Convention Center. It seats up to about three thousand, actually a little bit more than three thousand fans, wow. if necessary. Um, and also we have then a second stage, which um, holds a little or present, littler presentations, <laughs> but um, but certainly not lesser presentations. Um, and that's going to hold, I believe, about seven hundred and fifty people this which year. is
0: still a huge space.
2: Yeah, it is. The, so last year our main stage was a thousand, and our second stage was about three hundred. So knowing that the size of the crowd this year is going to be substantially more than it was last year, um, we really decided that that was the area we wanted to focus a lot of attention on as far as growth. Yeah. For for 17, and so that's what we did. Um, and uh, we'll talk about the panels and presentations in a minute. Um, we also have uh, Hall of Shadows. Which you guys are intimately familiar with. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> The Hall <of> Shadows, <clears throat> excuse me, is a roughly it's it's like a football field sized area uh, of the show floor. It's more than a third of our show floor um, that we basically turn into a perpetually dark theme park entertainment area. Which is we have m- over a dozen mini haunts uh, for people to sample from from haunted attractions across the Southland. And we also have live entertainment in the form of the Decade Brigade. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys are, uh, well, we can talk about that also, because I want to hear stuff that you guys have been working on, too. Sure. Um, so just in a nutshell, that's it. And then everything in between, live entertainment, uh, we've got Vampire Burlesque, we've got special guests like Sid Haig and Cassandra Peterson and Leanna Vamp, and we have uh, Black Cat Adoptions again this year, which was like, out of Control popular last year. Rather than have them out in the concourse this year in, in cages, we mm-hmm. actually have an entire Black Cat Lounge. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Um, we have a screaming room that is hosted by HorrorBuzz.com. Uh, uh-huh. And so there's something for everyone. And, yes, we even have a kids area on the show floor where they can have uh, arts and crafts. We're going to have little uh, friendly monster meet and greets and all sorts nice. of cool things for the little ones.
0: One of the things that I noticed on the website, I don't know if I saw you guys put it out on your on your Facebook on for Midsummer, but I saw that Slash the Musical is coming to Midsummer Scream, which I guess w- it was a really big hit at the Fringe Festival this year, right?
2: It was, it was huge. <clears throat> I have not personally seen it. Uh part of our team has and it is supposed to be fantastic. So we are all very excited to see what uh, what that team brings to to midsummer, and we know that there are a lot of fans that are excited that they're coming as well.
0: Yeah, I've only heard a little bit of it. From what I understand, is they basically took the horror tropes for like sleepaway camp and Friday the Thirteenth,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: they kind of turned them all on their heads. So like you know, who would be like the the slutty girl is actually a guy, and the jock is like a roller derby girl. And things like that, so they kind of take all the tropes and twist them around, and it's supposed to be really funny.
2: That sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm yeah. sure that it's going to be really, really great. We uh, we have that. Uh, there's also a performance stage where things like that will take place. We have that. We've got um, uh, Wicked Lit is going to come. They're going <clears> to <throat> excuse me. They're going to do a reading for us, and uh, it, it's just the entire weekend is out of control. And oh, I would be remiss not to mention our Saturday night party. Saturday night party is going to be sinister circus, and that is presented by Queen Mary's Dark Harbor, and it's going to be actually on the ship, if you can believe that.
0: That's going to be really cool. Okay. Yeah,
2: it's, it's 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 insane. It's 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 perfect. We um we had Oingo Boingo play our Saturday night show, uh, our Saturday night party last year, and so this year we were like, well, how the hell do you even top that? And <laughs> uh, we kind of there was a lot of back and forth, right? Like, well, do we go to a local bar? Mm, there's no local bar that big, do we use something, do we maybe turn Hall of Shadows into a party area, we don't know, because then you have to have the AC and everything on for the entire show floor, Mm -hmm. and it just got really kind of complicated, and then it just, it was like the, duh, stupid moment, when I just thought, well, wait a minute, there's that big, beautiful ship that we all love right across the bay there, and, uh, you know, they have their own little Halloween thing going that a few people have heard about, Mm -hmm. you know, so... (laughs) It was just, it was like, duh. It was the the bolt out of the blue. And and so I had dinner with with Steve and and, and Charity from from Dark Harbor, and uh, we locked it right on in. They they thought it was a great idea, and uh, we gave them the ball, and they've run with it. And so all of your favorite Dark Harbor monsters are going to be prowling around at the Sinister Circus, and booze will flow like blood in rivers, and it's going to be an amazing party on the sports deck, which is the upper deck of the ship between the two smokestacks. Uh, looking oh, out over Long Beach Harbor at night. So it's going to be absolutely stunning, right?
0: Absolutely. I can't wait for that.
2: Yeah, that's it's going to be, be so a rougher great. than hell Sunday morning. Oh, that. yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> Not like we don't have an entire huge day of stuff happening on Sunday or anything. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's right. That's right. We have, we have purposely cram-packed Midsummer Scream so that from open to close – um there is literally too much going on, and and God, and, and my mind is going again. The wheels are turning. Uh, we have a bunch of classes too. We have a uh, we have a very robust education uh, program where people can go to seminars. and And, and Casey, you're going to be teaching, you know, how to make slider gloves.
0: Yeah, we haven't actually gotten to mention that on the podcast yet. Um, so there you go. There we go. We're gonna, I'm doing a class. Veronica is going to be doing it as well as two other Decay Brigaders. I'm going to have like a little panel. So while we're building the gloves, we can discuss a lot of different options and kind of the history of slider gloves and how they've evolved uh, through the years, and it should be a lot of fun.
2: That's really, that's great. Excuse me, and and I really apologize to your listeners. I've had really bad bronchitis, like, for the past couple weeks, and it just, it's got its claws so deep into me, it just won't let go, so it's like I'm demon-possessed, so I... I, (laughs) Sorry, I'm not possessed. I don't have Tourette's. It's just bronchitis (laughs) on this end. Um, But we're really excited that you're going to teach that. And it's really funny because, uh, you know, you and I actually didn't really talk about this yet. But, you know, I can remember a time not too long ago where even discussing the art of crafting slider gloves was taboo. That was a major, major no no. And so it's kind of interesting to see that it's gone from being. Oh no, you, you don't get to do that unless you're a slider to having, you know, having a a seminar on how to do that at at a major mainstream convention. That's pretty, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, this is kind of an important thing that we've been discussing within the Decay Brigade. Um, and there's something else going on that I don't know if I'm even allowed to say with the Decay Brigade, but we're doing something else later on in August, which is pretty cool. Um, but one of the things that came out of, Sort of the situation with Fear VR and Knott's Berry Farm was that, you know, you start to realize that all, you, all it takes is a slider injuring the wrong person who has the right kind of power or enough money um, that it could really, you know, Knott's could just decide, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. And uh-huh. it could happen at a Six Flags Park. It could happen, you know, wherever. And it could end up affecting the entire industry. So one of the things that we started discussing was, like, we really need to start making sure the people that are sliding are doing it safely with the right equipment so they don't injure themselves or injure other guests. Sure. And um, so that's, you know, that's kind of the the approach that the brigade is taking, you know. That's sort of the one scream, one team. um <laughs> One team, one scream <laughs> mentality that we have is, like, you know, let's just get everybody on the same page and make sure it's safe. Yeah, it's actually well, been a, an
1: interesting point of discussion. Like, it's kind of raised a couple ideas of, like, you were saying how originally it was, like, you, you, it's almost like Fight Club. The first rule is you do not talk about it. It's like, you had to mm. be in the know and all this stuff. But that, that sense of, of, you know, I'll say our, because I'm an ex haunt monster, of mm-hmm. our, um, trade secrets being so sacred has gone out the window since, you know, It has spread to so many different places, and like Casey was saying, like there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And if no one shows you how to do it, you're gonna keep doing it wrong until you learn how to do it right. Lord knows who you're gonna hurt in the meantime, you know, or decide it's not fun because your gear's not right. So you know, it's while we do like deeply, like hold it dear. At the same time, because we hold it so dear, we want others to do it, but do it right. So you know the. No, yes, it started at Knots, and yes, it is you know something that you know some other parks don't do it because they don't think it's safe or whatever, but Knots still does and it's part of their identity and This isn't to lessen that identity, it's to keep the lead like keep that legend going, and that classes like this are respecting knots by making sure that those who emulate because they respect knots also are gonna do it right and led by people who really know what they're doing so that i mean that's again that's just our perspective i'm sure there are others who who think that still it's you know how dare you but you know what it it's going to happen we're going to make sure that the people who do seek this out and want to do it are going to do it right and they're going to have fun and they're going to feel like part of that community instead of being ostracized by some community so that's the end game
2: yeah no I, i think it's great and I think that there's there's gonna be a lot of interest in that. And I think that's really cool that you guys are doing that.
1: I hope so. I really hope that <laughs> it gets people to like like oh, I never thought about how to do that. Yeah. You know, but like but I also want the kids who are like, oh, I've always wanted to do this. Like really get people involved.
2: Sure, of course.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um
0: let's see, we got so many presentations I'm trying to look and see which is
2: so we have uh
0: <laughs> Queen Mary. Knott's Berry Farm. Yep,
2: yep. all the all Universal the major theme parks there. Yep, they're gonna do their they're gonna do their thing. So uh, fans can expect a weekend of of big announcements and, and huge surprises and probably lots of monsters roaming around the Terrace Theater. Yay.
0: Yeah, but there's two that I, I'm personally really interested in because there are two things that one that I grew up with and one that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, the Are You Afraid of the Dark panel? How did that come about?
2: That is something that, uh, really, Johanna Atalano, who is the another producer on Midsummer, she, um, I'm telling you, she for years has wanted to do this presentation. Uh, prior to Midsummer Scream, the two of us were also, uh, co producers of Scarolay. And we, we worked on Scarolay, we created Scarolay, uh, with, with two others. And, uh, we worked on that show for the first three years of its life. And almost since the beginning, Johanna's wanted to do the, are you afraid of the dark thing? And it just never really panned out. And so, you know, that came up again last year. And it was like one of those things that just, it just didn't come to fruition. So it got put back on the back burner. And you know what, this year, all the stars aligned and, uh, it happened. And like once one person got locked in and another person said, Oh yeah, I'll do it. And then it, all the pieces fell into place and, um, I'd be hard pressed to say that I could remember when Johanna was happier about something. She was so <laughs> freaking stoked and so excited. And when we made the announcement, what was just really satisfying to me as the creative director for Midsummer is getting to see something that she's wanted so badly be so, um, well received by the by the fans, and so it, it, everybody just like lost their minds when when we announced this. Yeah, and super seeing excited. that it was just a grand slam, I I couldn't be more excited for her and, and more happy. I think it's going to be great, and I think it's a win win for the fans too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has got to be something where I mean, so this was in the nineties. I mean, how many of us who are active members of the haunt community grew up watching this show, and that was like what planted the seed for liking that spooky, odd storytelling, you know, yeah, type of yeah. thing. Like this, for some people, this could have been the thing that was like, I want to be a horror film director or, you know, just like got that train of thought thinking maybe they wanted to be a writer or, or you know, who knows? I mean, for somebody, this is like the end all be all. Like with Johanna, you know, it's just like, this is going to be the coolest thing in the world. And I know for <laughs> me, like i I'm giddy as a schoolgirl about it. Yeah. Because I do remember just being scared just watching these, which is stupid. I was like 12. I shouldn't have been scared, but I was. You know, so like getting to, I mean, getting to see it from their perspective and hear the stories and like relive it. Oh, I'm so excited.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be good. That that's gonna be a real. That's gonna be a fun one.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other panel that I'm really
0: excited about uh, is the Beyond the Fifth Dimension, creating the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror.
2: Ah, that little thing, huh? Yeah.
0: So I know <laughs> this one has also been in the making for a while, right?
2: Well, it, uh, it it's one of those things where um, all along since we've been doing shows, Johanna and I both worked in we both work in the themed entertainment industry, and of course TPA has twenty plus years ties to the fan community and the theme park industry, and so there by default, <clears throat> there's a lot of interest from our side, as well as the fans that we bring in um, to theme park stuff. And so for years and years, we did, you know, Haunted Mansion presentations of certain types, and it got to the point where I just, I, you know, I told the team we, we have beaten the mansion to death. There's There's got to be, you know, there, there are other things. <clears throat> and so we did last year at Midsummer. we did the creating um, frightening attractions for theme park audiences, and we had a lot of, we had some really, you know, high-profile theme park legends uh, on the presentation, talking about everything from you know Indiana Jones to alien encounter and Ghostbusters and things like that, and it, it, people loved it. I mean, people went apeshit for it. And so it, we just kind of were thinking, well, there's always that one big spot. Of course, we have the the regular theme park presentations by each of the different companies, but I like to get up there and and host something that kind of is a crossover for the entire fan base. Uh, to get into, and so the question kind of, the answer kind of presented itself uh, to the question when we learned that Disney was going to change Tower of Terror here to the Guardians attraction, and that became a very, very hot button very quickly uh, with fans here in Southern California, and um, it just kind of fell into place. I mean, we have a long relationship with Mark Silverman, who is the voice of Rod Serling, For the attraction, and uh, you know, I I I hit him up. I said, "Hey, would you maybe be interested in doing this this you know a a tower presentation?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, you know that of course that would be great." Mark's always been great; he's all in, and uh, because who doesn't want to hear him do the narration live on stage? Right? Right, Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, I, I fanboy every time. Every time he does it, in fact, he's he's actually promised me that that he's going to record my personal voicemail like that for my for my phone. And so I'm just like such a big geeky fanboy whenever he does that. It's just ridiculous. Um, But the thing that was great about that, it was also kind of like the Are You Afraid of the Dark thing. It kind of snowballed. Mark said, well, you know, I'm I'm in touch. I I'm still friends with Corey Sulson and he was the uh, he was the art director. You know, of 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 Florida's of the original one, and then was the show producer for for all the other ones, you know, that came, and mm-hmm. and so I talked and met with Corey, and he was all in, and then they said, you know, well, we can bring in Michael Sprout too. We talked to Michael; he's the show writer of the thing. So for me personally, that's what I do professionally. I'm a show writer, so to be able to have the guy that actually wrote, you know, One dark and stormy night, that is just to me that is going to be so freaking awesome to have the show writer, because. Show writers are very overlooked. Yes. <laughs> so to have him up there and be able to talk about, you know, the genesis of this script and the entire story of having it happen on Halloween night. um, So damn exciting. Right. And then we're also going to have Eric Jacobson who, um, we haven't announced yet, uh, but we're going to very soon here. Um, he was an executive with Walt Disney Imagineering who actually pushed Tower through. It was his project. Wow. And so he's also joining the presentation. So everything has just fallen into place and uh, you know, it couldn't come at a better time. It's, it's a, it's a subject that, that fans here are passionate about and, In my opinion, what a, what a perfect, cool way for all the SoCal Tower fans to come together as a community and, and really kind of give this attraction the send off that it deserves, right? Together and with, with some of the, the people that absolutely were the genesis of, of this beautiful attraction, which I think is one of the best attractions in the world.
1: Oh, it's going to be so cool.
2: Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah.
0: I just remember the first time I rode the one in Florida blew my mind.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Of course. It still blows my mind. We go to Florida at least once a year, and, and mm-hmm. we try to ride Tower whenever we're out there if we're at Disney, and, uh, boy, I tell you, the minute that that elevator car lurches out of the shaft into the fifth dimension, that is just like the entire holy shit moment, you yes. know? <laughs> and uh, we didn't get that here, and we'll talk about that during the presentation. We didn't get that here or in subsequent uh, versions of Tower, Um But God, that just to me, that makes the Florida version just that much more special. And now that it's now that it's like almost the only one. And I'm I'm hearing that they're going to do the Guardians thing in Paris to their tower. So really could be very soon. You know, Florida is going to be the only place you can go on the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Um, You know, there's just so much to talk about. And what a great attraction, though. It's such a bitchin' attraction.
0: Do you know if they're gonna talk about the concept they had for possibly doing the bar?
2: Um, we can maybe talk about that. Now the guys that are on this presentation, they are they are retired. They're no longer oh, with okay. Disney. So so we as fans may be more in the loop <laughs> than they you know, than they are. So I, I, I don't know. Um you know, you know me personally. I'm all about that to have a bar in Tower. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yep. Now, the yep. last, the last I heard, just word on the street, is that had been squashed because they they decided very quickly that there would not be enough room for the operations oh. side of yeah. that yeah. thing. So, yeah. um, well, you still consider Brown Derby down the street and look at it down Sunset Boulevard, That's true. but it's not the same, right?
0: Yeah. Mm. So let's talk about uh, the Hall of Shadows. Last year, you guys had Larry Bones do the big entrance um, called Toxicity.
2: Toxicity, yeah,
0: which was amazing. Uh, What's what do we have going on as far as the entrance way this year?
2: Sure, sure. So again, going back to the whole theme park thing, um, for us, it's all about weenies, and that sounds so. Wrong, but anyway, uh, a weenie is what the castle is at the end of Main Street. It's a visual attractor, right? Oh, yeah. it, it draws you. It draws you. So the Matterhorn is the visual attractor for Fantasyland, along with the castle. You know, the rocket jets used to be the visual attractor for Tomorrowland, and mm-hmm. on and on. So the weenie for Hollow Shadows this year is being done by Cal Haunts. They're a group of very talented haunters here in Los Angeles. They do a lot of home haunts, and they are just the stuff they do is is just theme park quality and they are doing a large sleepy hollow uh gothic cemetery that Mm -hmm. guests are going to approach there's a huge sign that says cemetery and hollow shadows and and you're going to go right on in and you're going to go past uh uh, graves and giant you know tombstones and trees and there's going to be special effects and, and and all sorts of special lighting and uh there's going to be a raven. There's going to be a raven perched probably on a tombstone, I think it's going to be. And uh, the raven says little things throughout the day, and uh, yours truly did the voice of the raven.
0: Oh, awesome. That's great.
2: <laughs> so there's a, little, there's a little pro tip, a little little insider tip there. If you want to stand and listen and hear the funny little things that the raven says, <laughs> uh, and it may or may not say, beware the decayed brigade. Um, <laughs> so it's... Um, that was really fun doing Aww, that and so really the cool. team that, they've been working their asses off and as you know here in southern california it's warming up on the weekends yeah uh, mm. it, it's hot all the time but but on the weekends these guys are out guys and gals are out in the in the direct sunlight just building trees building tombstones building these huge 12 foot gate it's a 12 foot gate that you're going to go through it, it's just it's ridiculous what they've done That's gonna be and cool, so huh? i am, am I- so yeah. I'm so excited for everybody to see it. What, a, what an entry statement for the Hall of Shadows.
0: Yeah, and then the, are there any particular mini-haunts that you're looking forward to checking out?
2: That's like asking what kid is your favorite. Um, <laughs> you know, we have some returning friends, you know, like Higgins Manor. They're coming yeah. back. And, and Dead Zone 805, they're coming back. Um, and then we've got a bunch of new ones. You know, Motel Six Feet Under jumped in, and they've changed their name now to Mabel Six Feet Under. That's but awesome. they're going to be there, that's which be is great. amazing. Uh, we, we, have, we have something that's going to be really, really cool that we have. You guys are going to the first to hear about this. We have um, Terror Trucks. It, it, it's it's these things that are they're mobile haunted houses. Um, the guy is going to bring one of his terror trucks there, and nice. it's like ridiculous. It's like 55 feet long. It's a big brig. I mean, it, it's crazy. And people go up into the entire haunted house is inside the you know the truck. What a
0: great idea! Yeah. And that's so, going to be inside the Hall of Shadows.
2: That's going to be in the Hall of Shadows. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And oh, then you guys, you're you have your runway that's about uh, what 125 feet this yeah. year. So, uh, let's, I want to hear, let, let's talk a little bit because everybody hears me rambling all the time. <laughs> I want to hear, I want to hear from you guys how the practices are going and, and what the fans can expect, uh, from the Decayed Brigade this year.
0: Well, um, we got together, gosh, close to Christmas last year because l- the last year at Midsummer Scream, the Brigaders really pushed the boundaries of what had been done with sliding before. Mm -hmm. And so we all got together and we we literally sat in a hotel room, conference room and, uh, and said, what the hell are we going to do to top what we did last this year? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, what it came down to is we decided that let's focus on story. So for the first time ever, the Decay Brigade is actually doing a three-act story, so each each show is one part of the story. So in order oh, to get the whole story, you have to watch all three shows.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, great.
1: And anything else cool. you want to throw on there? So, I mean, that basically sums it up. So what we've been doing is, in, in typical format, I'll give you a little insight into how the Decay Brigade kind of builds their shows. So... Um, in the meeting that we had at the hotel we we decided what our overarching story was going to be, how we were going to split it up into acts one, two and three, um, who is going to portray the various um, you know, members of the story, and then how we were going to because none of us really none of us talk and you know it's a very visual thing. It's kind of like, you know, is where it's all music and dance, it's all music and mm-hmm. movement. So yeah. we had to find a way and some of us we're already, like, we're seasoned performers or dancers, whatever. We, you know, we're used to being able to tell a story without actually saying anything. But some of us aren't. You know, they've never done anything like this before. They just are really strong sliders. So we've we've actually been able to up everybody's game as far as being able to communicate in a different way while still being, you know, some of the best sliders that have ever been. Like, I'm not necessarily including me in that, but, like, these guys are hugely talented. So now we're combining... You know, an actual story that is, you know, it's kinda heavy. Like it's gonna be something that yet at the end of some of you are gonna be like, Whoa, you know, it's gonna it's gonna leave a mark, but it's yeah. going to be awesome and bigger than anything the Decay Brigade has ever done. So um in order to make this kind of actually materialize, we've split it up into our different acts and we've been working on each act um as we go. So we started three months, you know, before go time and so we did we started in May. So we did all of May and then we're going through June and now we're going into July. So every month we've worked on a specific show and they're all linked together. So you, while you can watch one and get an idea of, of, you know, the epic storytelling that, that's going to happen, it uh-huh. does benefit you to watch all three because you are going to see the whole story. And uh-huh. the level of, of, uh, difficulty going into some of these tricks is, is even higher than last year, which last yeah. year we were like, there's no way we can ever be what we did. <laughs> right. I don't know how it happened or, like, how much alcohol it took sitting around, like, just yelling out stupid ideas, like, oh, my gosh, you know, it would be really stupid. Let's do this. And then you try it. <laughs> that and That sounds it like a
2: midsummer meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, really, that's how yeah. those crazy stunts get built. Like, like, we're watching, we have your website up in the Little Decade Brigade. GIF is there, and you see like, these two guys pulling me on a rope and like who in their right mind would think of doing that but it just happened like oh you know what would be cool
0: let's try water skiing let's try
1: water skiing with sliding (laughs) and then it ended up being like this really epic stunt so like we had the backflip which was pretty much like the the crown jewel of like crazy stunts that has been upped you know the level of of physical ability from everyone has increased so our our capability of building stronger stronger tricks has happened. We've got new we have um a super awesome new prop that you will see at the show that's something you're gonna be like, what the hell are they gonna do with this? Yeah. And then you'll see, you know, what we do have in mind. We've got, you know, the music that Casey has mixed. Like he's he's built all of our shows. So like the level of musicality has increased. I mean everything is just gonna be so cool and I'm so proud of these guys, but like, the amount of work. Like, we last year we started practicing one once a week for the first two months, and then I think we went to twice a week in the last month. Mm-hmm. This time we've practiced twice a week from the get-go. Yeah, so there has and been, starting
0: next month I think practices are going to double in length or something like that. I know we're going to go longer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the level of work that these guys are putting into it is, I mean, it's awe-inspiring. These guys are going to, I mean, it's going to be something like, I and mean, we hope and we think it's going to be like nothing anyone has ever seen. And we hope that it's memorable. And we hope it's inspiring for people who want to slide to, you know, actually buy a set of pads, go to Casey's class, learn how to make those gloves, and make it happen for themselves. So That's it's going to be pretty awesome. Fashion.
2: I'm pretty stoked on that. And I, I do have to get down to Orange County and, and come to one of your practices and see that. Um, I think it's really cool that, that we're re- recording this tonight when we are, uh, literally, we are at the one month out, Mark.
0: Yep, yeah, right. exactly a
2: month. At this time, this time, a month from now, we will be uh, over at the Queen Mary starting to party the night away. So uh, it's pretty crazy to think that we're just four weeks away. But uh, you know what? You guys have got a grip on what you're doing. I think we've got a grip on our end of <laughs> what we're doing. And uh, it's, oh man, it's going to be a hell of a show.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that go into a show of, like, I'm not talking about the Cade Brigade, I'm talking about Midsummer. Was just like all the different things that have to go right and all the things that have to be accounted for, you know, like everyone involved has to be in it 110%. And from what the results were last year, you can tell that everybody was in it. There was no half-assing. It was just, it was as awesome as it was because of the people involved, because of the level of give a shit, you can tell. That it was, you know, it was memorable, and this okay. year is is gonna be even more so because now it has happened and you know learned from some mistakes, you know, uh, built on things that worked last year. I mean, it's gonna come together to be definitely something for what's
2: great. Well, it's great, yeah, thank, and thank you for that, Veronica. It was, it, you know, it was it was crazy pants last year at this time because we we literally had about two and a half three months from. Are we going to do something to Showtime? And uh, that is absolutely insane. I would I would not even wish that on an enemy, <laughs> <laughs> and, I would, and I would never do that again. Uh, it was insane, and it just you know it was because by all intents and purposes it was our our fourth year doing a show together. You know, for us, if we had done the, you know done this from scratch, I, I think it would have crashed and burned really. But I mean, the fact that we were already so comfortable with this this team. Um, you know, I think that that's the reason. And then also our frontline people, you know, we had Sierra Skelton. She, she runs an amazing volunteer workforce with us that are just our troops. And, uh, last year, just to give you an idea of how we're growing last year, we had, I want to say maybe 75, 80 volunteers. This year we have about 200 wow. uh, volunteers that we're looking at and, um, We're having uh, intense discussion with them. We vet them out very carefully Mm -hmm. because we don't want just anyone working and representing Midsummer Scream and, as an extension, representing the community that we're all part of, uh, unless they're 100% in. And, um, you know, we're about to have our orientation uh, and uh, it's just one of those things that's really exciting to see so many people come together with, with the same passion and to really just want to carry the vision forward and just put on a world class show that it's really exciting. There are people from other countries that are that we hear are, are flying in for midsummer this year.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, that's cool.
2: uh, yeah, it's so awesome. We're we're really really excited. Last year we had for our first year, which was crazy, we had about eight thousand guests. Wow. And this year, all indicators point to about fifteen thousand. That's what we're shooting wow. for. and That's what we've kind of like designed everything for. Mm-hmm. And so it's the growth is really exciting, Uh terrifying if you stop and think about it <laughs> long enough. Um, but it, it, it's just it's very exciting. And to be able to have 12 months as opposed to two and a half months mm-hmm. has been uh, a, a blessing yeah. and uh, kind of a little weird because at this point, rather than completely freaking out where we're like, yeah, we got this. This is we're, 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 we're it's go time and we're not like freaking out with cold sweats. <laughs> and, um, so that's, that's really good. In fact, as far as the creative process goes, this one's this one's kind of bagged. This is in the bag already. We're it's, it's we're on the runway. We're ready for takeoff and about 30 40% of my thought process these days is already on midsummer 18. To wow. be honest with you, in fact I can tell you guys, we already have the first presentation for MSS18 locked.
1: How about that? So that's,
2: that's uh and we've already had 19 discussions. Wow. So it's it's one of those forward looking things that it is um you know, it's it's our life. It's it's 24/7 and it's uh, it's all about this community if if we didn't have the the love and support of the community, there would not be a midsummer scream. so we we do this uh, you know we we all have professional jobs, you know, Johanna and I work forty plus hours a week, then we do TPA, then we do midsummer, <laughs> and then we try to remember to breathe and eat yeah. and um, you know it's just it's it's a labor of love, but man, I'm telling you in in four weeks when those doors open and the people come flooding in it's going to be all worth it and it is such such a freaking rush you know yeah
1: i can't even imagine being being responsible for something that big like i i try every once in a while to sit back and think about how you've had to orchestrate so many things and keep track of so many different people and tasks and and you know hits on the calendar and like it it makes my brain hurt to think of how you can possibly build something that okay, for one thing, when you did it last year with a couple of months and it turned out yeah. as exquisite as it turned out. And now you have twelve months, but yeah. it's it's doubling in size. You've got, you know, more more moving parts than last year. And yeah. Even so I was like you can really tell that you guys know what you're doing when it comes to that sort of thing.
2: It's thank you for that. It's um it it can be like I like I said, I, I, I joke, but it, it is true. I mean if you if you stop and step back and kind of and look at the big picture, um it can easily be fairly overwhelming. Um there are just uh you know, it's just one of those things where I have I have really bad like ADD. I, mm-hmm. I am like I get squirreled, squirreled, squirreled nonstop. <laughs> and so my best plan of attack on these things is is I, I focus on things in my inbox, actually. I use my email as, like, my to-do list. Mm. And if it's something that's unresolved, I don't move it into a folder. It stays in my inbox. And I just okay. hit those every day and, until I can file them away. And... Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where you just kind of and there are a lot of things that you, you know, you forget and then we'll be at a meeting. We're at the point now where we're meeting in in person uh mm-hmm. the producers, we meet once a week uh in person and um you know, it's not uncommon for somebody to say, "Oh, well, did you do that?" and you're like, "Well, shit, nope, totally forgot <laughs> that." Uh, <laughs> you know. So that that's we're we're far from perfect. Um, but we're comfortable enough with each other where um we kind of know what, what one another is doing. And if, um, you know, if one of us stumbles and we forget something, we, we don't berate. We just say, hey, okay, well, let's get it done. Let's just, just, we need to get this done. And we've just been really, you know, a well-oiled machine that way. And it, uh, it, it couldn't happen otherwise, really. Because even though you have 12 months, something of this size, this is, this is a, it is a big operation. And I don't know how the hell it ever happened. I mean it just it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're running a major convention now. Yeah. Um and there's no there's no major convention one oh one class to take. It's just one of those things that kind of happens. And uh it turns out that I guess we have a knack for it. And what I do think that is special I, I wanna say what I what I do think that differentiates our team from other convention teams. Um, and not any convention in particular, just just any convention team is that we do come at it kind of like a theme park project. We are very concerned and very cognizant of guest flow. Mm-hmm. We're very concerned and cognizant of wayfinding, and absolutely fanatical about guest guest service. Yeah, yeah, uh, with our people, and and you don't find that at every convention that you go to. Very very often people go to top-line conventions that come out going, oh, my God, the team was clueless. I, I had no, nobody knew what the hell was going on. We didn't know where we were supposed to be, and we never want that to be us. Yeah. And so we are, are fanatical when it comes to that, and we empower our volunteers to, if you don't know the answer to something you, that a guest asks, you stay with that guest as long as it takes to get the answer. Yeah. And so we, we, we approach things very differently. We, we approach things almost like Midsummer Scream is a theme park. You know, well, that's the funny thing is
0: uh, is uh last year when we went and, you know, because we were there the day before on Friday for dress rehearsal and, uh-huh. and you could see how organized everything is. And one of the things that I said to Veronica was like, was you could tell that Rick used to work for Disney because <laughs> every single event or thing that I've done with somebody who has worked for Disney, the organization level is like, through the roof and they really still kind of hold those four keys that Disney teaches you, you know, close to their vest. And they still try to follow those, um, in whatever they do.
2: Yeah. You know, it, it's just, um, that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, and, and my internal compass when it comes to things like this, cause I've also, i I've, I've been several times in my, my life, I've been like a, uh, up in San Francisco for years, I was the visitor uh, the the visitor services manager for for the Aquarium of the Bay on Pier 39, and I, I've been in a lot of positions where I I have direct contact with people, and, and you know going into midsummer, I just I want all of our guests to be treated the way that I would want to be treated mm-hmm. as, as yep. a guest, and that's a pretty pretty basic and pretty good internal compass right to follow, yeah. so. But it, it obviously is rocket science to some others because they don't <laughs> get that, right? But it, it just, in life, if you just treat people and handle things and situations the way that you'd want them to be handled, it just seems like it kind of takes care of itself yeah. and everything kind of falls in place. But I guess that if you hadn't gone through, like, you know, I there were my days as a cast member at Disneyland and certainly having the... Um, you know, one of my mentors in life was a gentleman by the name of Van France. And Van was the guy that came up with the Disney University for Walt Disney in 1955 and the cast wow. member orientation process. In fact, Van <laughs> was the gentleman that coined the phrase cast members and good show, bad show on uh-huh. stage. Um, that was the guy. And so That's Van, awesome. I was very fortunate enough to have as a mentor, uh, for, for years in life. And, I guess that kind of just becomes ingrained Then it becomes part of your DNA. Mm -hmm. And then now, of course, working in the themed entertainment industry, everything that we design now is with the guest in mind. So that just kind of all spills over. And then, of course, you know, David Markland, who is our executive director, he um, he comes from a production background. He produces events. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. And so he knows how to do all that stuff. Yeah. And then we have Gary Baker, who is our executive uh, producer. He runs all the AV. He ran all the AV for the first three years for us for Scare LA, and then he came with us and was really one of the biggest catalysts of of making Midsummer a thing. And so Gary knows. Better than anybody, how to do you know the show lighting and, and set up the stages that look so freaking awesome, and even your runway, you know, yeah. how to light your runway in the in the hall. And um, you know, Johanna, she she is she is theme park through and through. She grew up with love, you know, loving theme parks. She works now for BRC Imagination Arts, and they don't necessarily do theme parks, but they do visitor service, you know, visitor um, experiences for for corporate branding centers and. Mm-hmm. BRC is a, a you know a leader in in the industry and so she knows exactly what she's doing and then Claire Dunlap she is she's our supervising producer and she she comes from customer service management uh, acting background so we have this this really robust background amongst all of us and it kind of all filters into when we get laser focused on something I think we really have a strong, uh, you know a strong roster i'm I'm thinking of like if you created a d and d figure you know <laughs> that would be our attributes would be through the freaking roof yeah. it would be awesome yeah you know so uh yeah and and I really think that that is is obviously vital and and critical in in how midsummer is is executed
0: that's
1: awesome wow
0: so let's talk about another panel um, knotts is doing their their usual panel where they talk about what's coming up for yep. the season. Yep. But then they also are doing, uh, on Sunday, another panel for their 45th anniversary. So how did that, did they come to you and say, we want to do another panel, or did you approach them and say, hey, it's your 45th anniversary, are you going to do anything uh, special during your other presentation? Like, how did that all come together?
2: So when we were thinking of how scary the number 45 is this year, <clears throat> we uh, we landed on well, this is the 45th haunt. This is the 45th scary farm. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, Not didn't approach us. I I, I approached Ted Darty, who is uh, an authority on uh, all things not scary farm. Uh-huh. Yes, and yes, I've been yes. friends with Ted for a long, long time. In fact, I knew Ted before. He created Ultimate Haunt and all that. He was a TPA fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I said to him, I said, we need to do a big 45th haunt presentation and Ted says I am honored that would be fantastic and I said I can't think of anybody other than you to do this and we actually then we actually then told knotts oh by the way we're doing a Knotts 45 panel <laughs> uh, presentation so it is not Notts it is not not sanctioned it, okay. it's not something that they're doing however they're very excited that we're doing it and and, and some of their current uh, team members including Ken Parks, who is their, you know, vice president of entertainment, mm-hmm. and then John Cook, who is one of their main designers these days. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be on the presentation. Um, but really, I left it up to Ted. Ted and I, and and I got to tell you, this is actually one of the most difficult things that I've ever done producing a show. Um, when you have and we decided we would do ninety minutes because there's going to be some you know there's got to be an introduction that, that yeah. show kind of like the forty five years of haunt <clears throat> and then there's got to be panels mm-hmm. well, there are a lot of people that have come and gone in forty five years yeah scary farm <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know the thing is our our panel presentations usually are four or five people, and that's it yeah. um that didn't feel right to us for, for the knots thing. We wanted to have more than that. So it's logistically very tricky. Um, In, in the 90 minutes, we're going to cycle through about 11 or 12 different individuals um, and go through kind of like the decades and the different um, aspects of haunt. So Ted and I had to come up with this dream list of (laughs) like perfect, perfect, you know, presentation. Yeah. there There were a lot of names, there were a lot of names yeah, on the I can panel, imagine. and a lot of those names, Ted and I, it was it was it was not pleasant. I'll tell you. I'll be very honest with you. It was not pleasant going round after round after round cutting people that we really care about, yeah. that that we knew might feel bad that they weren't included on mm-hmm. this. Um, <clears throat> in that regard, it's kind of a kind of a no no win because I mean you got. 45 years, and you've got 90 minutes to cover it, so you do the math. Yeah, it's yeah, not, it's not, not very favorable, right?
0: Not a lot of time for even 11 or 12 people.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think the way that we figured it is each panel of four is going to be like uh, 15 minutes, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's going to be fast. And, uh, it's going to be lightning fast. And so we landed on certain individuals that, that really contributed a lot. I mean, starting with people like John Waite who was, he worked for Bud Hurlbutt on the mountains. And Bud said to him, hey, we ought to spook up the rides. And John Waite said, yeah, let's do that. And so John <laughs> Waite, his ghost actually was hanging in the Haunt Museum at Knotts for a while. Um, oh, cool. Was like one of the first guys to spook up the attractions at Knotts, you know, for, for, for the haunt. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have people that were some of the very first monsters uh, at, at Knotts in the early 70s. We've, we've got people that used to be designers that were in charge of things. And then moving into the the more recent years, we've got, you know, Todd Fox, who was in charge of, of the decorations for the, the park for, for years.
1: Yeah, we adore and Todd.
2: Todd did a lot of really, really amazing mazes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, we have to look at the entertainment side of it, too and you know what we love the hell out of Ed Alonzo and yeah. <laughs> we asked Ed Alonzo and he was like holy shit yes i'm all i'm all on for that and so he was really excited too and we were like holy shit eds excited to be part of this <laughs> so that that worked out too you know and and so then we uh, you know we had we did ask some people that were out of town already they're going to be out of town that type of thing yeah. and um you know we settled on Ted and i really like we settled on about 19 people, and we we're like, this is perfect. This is this is a really good list. This is really strong. And then, like, within a week, Ted had the horrible realization of, like, some of these people won't even get to talk. And so that went from, like, 19 to 11. Oh, my gosh. And God. talk about the most brutal cut. I mean, that was just really, really tough.
1: Had you already and- reached out to them to see if they would do it?
2: Uh, no. Okay, actually. that's good. We, we were very careful. We were yeah. very, very careful about, about doing that, and that's why he and I have been working, we've been working on this for months, because we you don't want to over-ask and then say, oh, sorry, we can't have you. That yeah. we would never mm-hmm. want to do. Yeah. Um, but there are people that, you know, and I've been, I've been attending Haunt since the very early 80s, and then, of course, as TPA, I have worked with Haunt very, very closely since 94. And so... For me to have to tell these people that some of them are very good friends of mine, yeah, you're not on the presentation. Awkward turtle. Yeah. Um, it was it was not easy, you know, but it it you know, folks understand and when you say look, it's just it's a logistics thing. It's nothing more than a logistics thing. We we've got a certain amount of time and forty five years to talk about. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. yeah. Um so actually and then uh, you know that it ends with you know John Cook is going to be on it talking about you know he certainly has brought the level of of May's design to um really a, a, a the new level right yeah with with things like Paranormal and and Shadowlands and, and whatever he happens to be working on you know for this year mm-hmm. and um so we felt it was important to have him as well on that and uh, David Markland actually was was the capper on this he he came out of nowhere and said. I think we should end Midsummer Scream with this, and I think that once the presentation is over, it should empty out into the lobby of the Terrace Theater, and we should have a reception there so all the fans can mingle with all these people and get pictures and ask them questions and talk to them and meet them. And I thought that was absolutely freaking brilliant. Yeah. So that's how Midsummer will end this year, and we will say also there are a lot of people that are not going to be physically up on the stage for the presentation, but there are going to be a lot of people in the audience that have been part of the Not Scary Farm story for the past 45 years. Mm -hmm. They will all be acknowledged at once. Ted's going to have everybody stand up that has been part of Haunt in some capacity over the years. And all those people, they're all going to be in the lobby afterwards to mix and mingle with all the fans.
0: That's going to be so cool.
2: Yeah, so I couldn't think of a better way to end Midsummer Scream this year, and that is 100% David. He came up with that, and I was like, dude, that is that is so badass, and so that, uh, I think that's going to be a perfect ending, you know? That's that's
1: kind of emotional, I mean, it's...
2: It's very emotional, sure it is. for and some it,
1: people, I mean, I mean, myself included, that's yeah. Knott's Berry Farm is super important, you know, to part of, like, yeah. how I identify as a person, and... Who I've become and my hobbies and like, I am by far not the only one. Like there are going to be countless people who are going to be there and just be blown away and you know awestruck by everyone who's going to be there and the things that they're going to share. And I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be good. It's it's yeah.
2: really special. You know, it's really special. And and you know, I, I can say that in in working with you guys. The fans should know that we've we've worked out the De- the Decay Brigade show times on Sunday so that a good chunk of the Decay team can mm-hmm. come over and be there for the reception, uh, you know, following the show because so many of you guys have given so much blood sweat and tears, you know, to not scary farm over the years. Yeah, and um, you deserve to be part of that too, and you bet it's emotional, right? This is yeah. the granddaddy of all theme park haunts. This this really started an industry. 45 years ago, which is, that's freaking crazy. And that's longer than, than a lot of our attendees have even been alive. Yeah. True. And so <laughs> that's longer than some of the Decade Brigade has been alive. Most, most of, of them, you most of right? the decade. Okay, you can stop <laughs> <Yeah>. right
1: there. <laughs> I think all of maybe two. Maybe spaz and... Right? We won't say so, who well, else, so they don't get a Spaz you're doesn't
2: absolutely, care. You're absolutely right, Veronica. It, it <laughs> is a very emotional end to Midsummer Scream, and it is an absolute perfect way to begin Nut's haunt, you know, their 45th haunt season. Uh, I, I can't think of a better gateway. I, I really can't, and it's just, it's fantastic.
1: I agree.
0: Well, uh, it looks like we're just at about an hour. I went by so fast.
1: It seems like the perfect way to end the convention and the perfect way to end the podcast.
0: Yeah. um, So, Rick, as we're winding up, how about you tell everybody how they can buy tickets, where they can get more information, where they can follow you guys, all that good stuff.
2: You bet. So if you go to MidsummerScream.org, that's where Midsummer lives online. And then, of course, all the social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We have a fan page there. Um, We also have an event page for Seventeen, so make sure that you... RSVP that you're going so you can tell the whole world and all your friends that you're going to Midsummer this year. Um, we have an Instagram, which is Midsummer Scream. We've got uh, Twitter. Um, we have a Periscope that we will do things on, uh, you know, once we start installation and all that. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, Creepy LA. Uh, that's David's uh, website. And then, of course, a Theme Park Adventure. That's uh, where we live online, and, of course, we have all the social media outlets. Just play with your Google, and, and you'll find all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we, uh, we're we going to be there. We're going to be broadcasting. We're going to be tweeting. Installation begins. We have two days of installation. So yeah. uh, once we start installing there in Long Beach, we'll be periscoping and tweeting pictures. And And one of my favorite moments, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things of all time is when we periscope the – Massive, massive curtain that creates the Hall yes. of Shadows. Yes. When we when we periscope that thing going up, talk about another emotional moment. Yes. Seeing that thing <laughs> go up again this year is going to be like, oh my god, we're all going to be, crying it's, like, gonna be all like crying. it's
0: happening. It's like the flag yeah. being raised. It's like here comes it's starting. Yeah.
2: And if and if your if you're if your listeners have not ever seen that, uh, you're not going to want to miss it. It's it's when we say that we're raising a curtain. <laughs> let, let, let's let's say this curtain is almost as long as a football field. It's three hundred and twenty-five feet long, and it's about twenty feet tall. Yeah. This thing, and it all goes up on once. And I joke, I say it was a really, really simple idea to come with, and very, very expensive to execute. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Uh, it, it's a thing. So it is absolutely a sight to behold when you see the giant curtain that makes up Hollow Shadows go up.
0: That's exciting.
1: It is really cool. I remember watching it last year and being like, "What? <laughs> how?" <Yeah. laughs>
2: it, it's pretty stupid. I mean, it's it's pretty damn big. When you when you're talking about raising something the size of a football field, that's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: it's it's almost difficult to understand. Even when I was watching, I was like, "I, um, how? Like that thing yeah. is is? I mean, how heavy is that thing? And like, how many things have to be moving just straight? Anyway."
2: Yeah, yeah, that pretty was crazy. pretty
1: special.
2: <laughs> it's crazy and then of course we're going to be there to see you guys practicing and and it it's really exciting. And uh, that's when I get to see you guys the most because you know the thing that the the blessing and the curse is, you know, when you're a proud papa with this type of thing, when it's go time and show time, I don't get to really see anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just it it is such a blur that honest to God, I catch up on everything listening to different podcasts. That, you know, record the entire, you know, presentation or Mm -hmm. watching YouTube videos of (laughs) of your performances or I I, honestly, it is over so fast and I miss so much of it. Um, you know, it's just, it, it kind of sucks as a fan not being able just to sit back and enjoy everything. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because being able to sit up on like the main stage and look out at all the people in the audience is also really, Freaking awesome and terrifying. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's a really interesting dynamic. And so, I mean, I'll. I, it's going to be interesting to hear your perspective after the show is over, you know, hearing what you guys think, what your experience was this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I literally for months after Midsummer, I play catch up by, by listening to all the different podcasts.
0: That's a great <laughs> that's idea. That's a good idea. What
1: an interesting avenue that we have now. To be that's, able to share those experiences. To be honest, yeah.
0: kinda of what I did last year too, because being, you know, the stage manager for the Decade Brigade, it's like I have I can only catch certain panels when they don't conflict with the show times. Uh. And so it's like I have to kinda of squeeze in what I can see and then run all the way to the show floor to get the next show ready.
1: Yeah, that's how yep. we did But we had we but, had less because we would be recovering in between the shows. We couldn't even leave like except for Spaz because he's Spaz. He didn't need to rest. But the rest of us, normal people had to recover between shows and we didn't get to see much of anything. So that's how we had to absorb the show too was kind of in retrospect through the filters of everyone who attended yeah. and through stories of, you know, people who ran up to us and like, Oh, I saw this and this. I'm like, I didn't know that was there.
2: Uh-huh. You
1: know, I mean, this year, obviously we're a little bit more involved with like the current events, thanks to the podcast and, you know, being friends with you. But last year it was all such a blur. I'm like, I didn't even realize how big it was until a month after the event was over. Yeah. <laughs> to really understand what happened. But yeah, yeah. It's gonna be so special. I can't. Well, wait.
2: it's it's very exciting, and I just want to say I am just I am so grateful to you guys for being part of it, and uh, the 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 hours of, of preparation and what you're putting your bodies through, and what you're putting you know your 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 lives on hold while you do this, just to bring people that have no clue how much effort has gone into this mm-hmm. that are watching your shows, just to bring them, you know, fifteen minutes of, of excitement and happiness or whatever at a time. Mm-hmm. We thank you guys so, so much. I mean, the gratitude is unending for what you do.
1: And it mm-hmm. is from us as well. And for yeah. what the Decade Brigade puts in, I mean it's it's just a fraction of the amount of hours and blood, sweat and tears that's put into an event like this from everybody involved. So it's an honor to be a part of something like that. It's an honor to work towards something so great and so influential. But, you know, it's just great to see something like that happen. The fact that it happens for this industry is, you know, it kind of warms your heart that a group of people are willing to put forth so much effort for, you know, what somebody on the outside might just call, you know, oh, they just like scary movies and leave it at that. But they don't realize how deep it goes and how important this is to some people.
2: Yeah well at the end of the day and I'm sure you guys will agree with me this community we are one big family and so we are very fortunate to be able to have this family reunion once a year and uh, we're just getting started.
0: Cheers to that. Yeah oh and then let's um, let's plug you have a TPA meetup a kickoff right coming up?
2: We do. We have a mixer. We have a mixer coming up on uh, July. Oh, my God. My mind just blanked the minute you took it. Oh, no. (laughs) It's like in two weeks, right? I don't know. It's July... 9th. Johanna just said 9th at me. Oh, sure. Hi, Johanna. Yes,
0: Sunday. Sunday, July 9th.
2: July 9th at... Come here, Johanna. Come here. You're on the podcast. Oh, yes. You started... Hi Johanna, Johanna, how are you doing? Johanna's never on podcast with me, so Johanna, talk about talk about our what? mixer. What? Yeah, talk about the mixer. Yeah, okay.
1: come on, get on here. Hi, everybody. So on July 9th, Sunday, we're going to be hosting our theme park adventure pre-Midsummer Scream Mixer at the Chicken Dinner Restaurant, Knott's Berry Farm. And it's going to be awesome, and it's free for everybody. It starts at uh, six, 6 o'clock. Yep. So <laughs> at 6 o'clock. Uh, everybody and anybody that's a part of the Midsummer Screen team and who loves haunted houses and loves Halloween, it's a perfect chance to uh, just hang out and celebrate what we all love and uh, a couple weeks before Midsummer. There we yeah, go. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Johanna. Thanks, Johanna.
2: There you go. Thanks, All right, bye. <laughs> She's that out of here. Cool. She's running out of the room with Jawa in arms. There she goes. Aww.
0: We're going to do our best to also be there. Um It's a Decay Brigade practice night, so it just ah. depends on how close we are finishing to, sh- to sh- the next show that we're working on. Sure. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to sneak out early and get over there before you guys finish.
2: That's yeah, gonna be a busy day because the way that we designed that that's that's actually the afternoon of our orientation for our volunteers. Wow. So the that's happening in Anaheim and then everybody's just gonna come on over to nuts and kind of mix and mingle and drink the night away and um that's it. After that it is uh it's out of control time. After that yeah. it all becomes a blur blur blur.
1: This game on for sure after yeah. that. Three weeks till go time.
2: Yep. That's exciting. Yep.
1: Cool. Alright
0: guys, if you don't have your tickets yet for Midsummer, go and get them like yesterday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely gonna be worth every penny and then some it's gonna be bigger than you can imagine and it's gonna be filled with more things related to haunts and haunted things and everything spooky and wonderful. Like you have to be there. You have to give this to yourself. Like please be there. You're not gonna regret it.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, make sure you rate us on iTunes because it's going to help a lot of people find our podcast. Um, and you can follow us on Tales from the Fog on Instagram and Facebook. Again, Rick is, uh, theme park adventure, midsummer scream dot org and all the various uh, social medias that go with that. Um, Rick, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you're very, very busy. Um, so taking out an hour of your time, I know is precious.
1: <laughs>
2: guys, you know what? It's been a it's been an absolute pleasure tonight and my only regret is that I you guys are, are in Corona and I'm in uh Burbank area and just getting there would be like an impossible journey at, at, yes. at drive time. I really wanted to be there with you guys in person. So this is a a distant second but it is what it is. Thank God for technology. Yes. And um I'm really glad that we we had the opportunity to do this tonight and I would do it again in a heartbeat with you guys whenever you guys <laughs> want to have me on.
0: You're the best. Thank you so much, Thank you so much, Rick.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: All right, guys. And until next time, we'll see you in the fog. Bye, guys.